You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're hosting Dr. William Levine, who is a board-certified periodontist with uh, 35 years of experience. He's an expert in oral inflammation, and we're focusing on periodontal disease, and not just as a cosmetic problem because uh, it can make you uh, lose your teeth, but as a problem that has systemic ramifications because it is associated with cardiovascular disease, uh, stroke, uh, it's associated even with dementia in some studies, and uh, overall has a deleterious impact on health. So, um, Dr. Levine, just before we get back into our discussion about uh, uh, oral health, uh, we're speaking to you directly from uh, your practice in Jerusalem. And so Jerusalem is in the news these days. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's happening from your perspective, because uh, you're a dentist. Uh, you have a busy practice there. Um, is, does life proceed normally for you, or are there some dramatic changes? Um, so first of all, thank you for your concern. Thank you for asking the question. Um, life here has really not been normal, although there is an attempt to maintain a facade of normalcy. Uh, on October 7th, we, suff we suffered a terrible invasion and massacre of uh, quite a number of people. It was 1,400 people to be exact. And we're a relatively small country, so that would be the equivalent of about 30,000 people in the United States, and uh, all in one day. So it was a terrible blow. And there was a call-up of the reserves all over the country, and um, it's had a major impact. There's not a family that doesn't have friend or children who are have been who have been called up to the army in, to defend the country. And the I had two sons in the army, um, and quite a number of nieces and nephews who were there. Unfortunately, I lost two nephews in this war. Uh, which was quite a, uh, um, a terrible event. Uh, young boys uh, at the age of 21 and 22. And um, so it's been a very rough period for myself and my family. That said, despite that, people still need dental treatment. People still need care. Uh, the you know, the homestead is still functioning. The economy took a very large hit because people were just in no mood to shop or, you know, do anything like that. But we're, uh, we're resilient people and we're just trying to 
go back to you know maintaining our normalcy while at the same time not losing our sense of concern and and struggle with the events that are developing so thank you for your concern on a personal level yes it's been very rough on a national level it's been very rough but uh, people need to live and so people find a way as uh, a periodontist with 35 years of experience presumably uh, you're a little bit uh, too senior to be called up for a uh, frontline combat <laughs> yeah role. i did my time but <laughs> that's but true <laughs> did, have you been called upon to do some special uh, support for the military in a dental capacity or just uh, are you working with only civilians at um, this point my Personally, I have not this time, but this very interesting phenomenon, um, most identification of, uh, unfortunately, uh, some people were massacred and burned ter very terribly, so there was no DNA residue to those people. And they, they needed to report back to the family as to, you know, was their loved one alive or not alive. And so they called in forensic dental teams in order to help identify and they did that by looking at old x-rays and teeth because, as you know, teeth are not affected by fire in terms of destruction. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they were able to use the old x-rays to identify the bodies. And it was quite a puzzle putting some of these pieces together. But um, the dental team was working nonstop for about two and a half months, three months. Uh, these were my colleagues and my friends. I, I have done that in the past, but I, have not, I was not called upon this time. Okay. And is there a feeling of insecurity as you walk around in uh, Jerusalem or are things, is, is, is the uh, Absolutely. war putting a damper Absolutely. on the uh, normal festive atmosphere in that, in that beautiful city? Yeah, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Restaurants have reopened. Some have closed. Um, people are pretending to be normal, uh, but it's... Um, it's it is a, there's a definite level of stress and tension that's pervasive. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that information, and you know we wish you and your family uh, safety and uh, a speedy resolution of this crisis. And now back to our, our subject, which is periodontal disease. Okay, so uh, for people who have periodontal disease, you know, let's talk first about what some of the standard treatments are. For my understanding is that uh, there's various types of surgery that are available. Uh, often people are given uh, antimicrobial rinses like chlorhexidine. I think even tetracycline has been used as an antibiotic. I think it's sometimes used topically. So can you run through some of those conventional options and then uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your research uh, looking at plant bioactives as potentially an alternative to some of the harsher interventions. So I'm going to just sort of recap a little bit. Yep. Basically, periodontal disease is a uh, infectious inflammatory disease. It starts off with a microinfection which stimulates the immune defense system of the gums, and then that immune system or defense of the gums becomes actually a causative part of the problem and causes destruction to the bone holding the teeth in place. So when we see a patient that has active periodontal disease, the first thing we want to do is try to reestablish that normal defense mechanism. So we need to clean out all the bacteria we need to clean out all the bacteria that's hardened into cal calcium deposits, what we call calculus, which are hardened bacterial deposits that look microscopically like 
uh, coral in the ocean and also can house active live bacteria. So we clean all that out and we take off the toxins that have embedded themselves. So, so in this the is, by the way, this is the so-called scaling, sometimes referred to as scaling. Absolutely. That's okay. right. It's called scaling okay. and root planing. Okay. And the idea is to remove all the toxic elements to allow the body to reset and find its own place and even begin to have a reattachment or reconnection is more precise of the gums to the tooth. Once we've established the level of health we can get through non-invasive techniques, we have to evaluate, well, what are we going to do to, at stage two? If there's a need for stage two, if we stabilize the disease, we can maintain it that the way it is with just the initial treatment. But if we haven't, we have to consider surgical techniques to either access infection or to rebuild bone. We have to consider laser techniques, which are becoming more and more popular in dentistry and a field in and of itself where we can use laser energy in the very deep pockets or spaces where the bacteria has caused damage and to, to, to restabilize those areas and even to regenerate some new bone growth. So we have a lot of new techniques that are available over the last decade to help improve stabilize and then even reverse part of the periodontal disease. But one of the critical and I think most critical aspects of this is, like we said earlier, it's an autoimmune disease, it's an infectious inflammatory disease. We need to find a way to maintain the health after you've had the treatment or even during the treatment, because otherwise it's just going to recur again. And that's when I had my aha moment as a, a dentist when I kept saying, okay, I'm great at what I do. And I am. And I'm great and I take good care of my patients and I stabilize their disease and they're doing well. Now, how do I make sure that that disease doesn't recur? Because um, in, in the past, we've had recurrence rates of between 17 to 25% of well-treated cases had recurrent disease. That's an enormous level of failure for a clinician. That means one out of every four to five patients are even under your active thorough care or having recurrent disease. That's not good. So how do we improve the protection of the gums and prevent that recurrent disease after the good work that we've done and after the work that the patient is, is doing to maintain it? So we began to look around saying, well, killing the bacteria by itself is not sufficient. And the reason for and, that excuse is me, And that would be with, one, with things, treatments like chlorhexidine, which is a, a chemical disinfectant. Correct. And or things like uh, Listerine, you know, which is over the counter. But, you know, chlorhexidine, well, I think, is only All the rinses that are out there can be divided into two groups. Yeah. One that have fluoride to protect against cavities. Mm -hmm. And the others that have antiseptic, whether it's, it's a CPC, whether it's Listerine, which has alcohol and essential oils, whether it's chlorhexidine, there are many different types of, of antiseptics. They're relatively harsh. They swoosh around your mouth and they kill off all the bacteria, the good ones and the bad ones. And the problem with the antiseptics is that they can't penetrate through a biofilm. And they can't penetrate mm. under the gums mm. where the tissue, where, where the, where the bad, the worst bacteria are residing. So you're really not getting an effective treatment from the antiseptics. So, and when I looked at this and I said to myself, well, how am I going to help my patients 
help themselves because I don't want them to be in my office daily. I want them to come in periodically, whether it's once every three or four months and be tweaked and twerked up so that they're healthy. But I want them to come back to see me healthy. I want it to be a maintenance visit, not a treatment visit. So the what we, what we did was we sort of stepped out of the field of standard medicine, which tends to use single chemicals to accomplish a specific goal. So, for example, an, an antiseptic is a single chemical entity which will kill bacteria. We wanted to approach this slightly differently. We wanted to look at a way to both reduce the bacteria, but also strengthen the gums to prevent more disease. So what we did was we looked at into the world of plant bioactives because Plants contain an enormous amount of pharmacologically active compounds, which can work just like drugs, but not without necessarily some of the harsh effects. There's another advantage to plants in that most plants have hundreds, if not thousands, of active pharmacological ingredients or compounds, so that if you can design that plant properly with it by altering harvest, altering growth patterns, and altering extraction technology, and that's how you pull those bioactives out of the plant, then you can actually target many things in the disease. So you can reduce bacteria, you can strengthen the gums, and you can reduce the inflammation, which is the causative agent. So what we did was we spent, oh, more than 10 years of research analyzing different plants, finding out which parts are active, which parts will work synergistically together. And we've put together a mouth rinse that's called periactive. And periactive works like no other mouth rinse does. What it does is it reduces the bacterial level and it does so by two factors. Number one, it reduces the nutritional support for the bad bacteria. So it selects out the good bacteria. And number two, it actually kills all the bacteria slightly. So it reduces bacteria overall. So it's, it's suppressive. It it's, it's not, it doesn't eradicate all, all the bacteria, you know, like, Absolutely a, like not an antiseptic. Because that would be negative. Correct. So it, okay. Absolutely. So, the second thing it does is it actually penetrates into the gums. It doesn't sit on the surface and wash the surface away. It actually goes into the gums like you would, like a normal medication would and actually activates two processes. It reduces the inflammation by turning off some of the pro-inflammatory mediators or things that are causing the inflammation. And number two, it actually stimulates the body to repair itself. So we'll see less swelling, less redness, less irritation, and thicker, more healthy, more robust and vital gums with a thicker collagen level and a thicker protective, what we would call epithelial layer, which is like the outer layer of the skin of the mouth. So those two factors, reduction of inflammation and promotion of repair, will actually help prevent future disease. So we see our patients coming back much healthier than we ever did before. We launched this product in Israel about six, seven years ago, and we, we, we've been tracking it since. And now we're having a big launch in the United States. Beforehand, it was available only through dentists. And now uh, it's going to be available directly to the consumer because the results have been so wonderful that we actually, uh, patients are um, really clamoring for it. We, we, and once you start using this, you'll feel the difference. Your, your gums will start, will hurt less. They'll be less irritated. The bleeding will, will be reduced significantly. And you won't get that with any other mouth rinse. Is, is this available uh, 
uh, in retail stores or, or only online at this point? No, not yet. We're only selling uh, direct to consumer on online. And um, you can actually, it's, I mean, I don't, it's, it's available. At, it's, the mouth rinse is called Periactive. And it's available on the site called getperiactive.com. Okay. And what are some of the constituents of that? I know it's a proprietary blend and we don't want to give away the well, secret sauce. It's not, uh, it's not a, I'm happy sauce. to share because okay. the, the way it's, the, the secrecy is not in the ingredients. The secrecy is how we, you know, have analyzed how to maximize these bioactives in the plant and, and select out the specific ones which are active. That's, that's more the secret sauce. But the, there are three well-known bacteria, uh, bacteria, sorry about that, three well-known botanical plants. Um, one is called Centella asiatica, which is a um, plant grown down in the uh, African uh, peninsula in Madagascar, actually, and other places as well. But it's well known for its healing qualities. We look at Echinacea purpurea, which is well known for its anti-inflammatory properties, as well as Sambucus nigra, which uh, you're so you're familiar with the echinacea probably you're familiar with centella and centella is go to cola it's it's the year uh, it's commonly referred yeah, to as go to cola yes right uh-huh well good yeah, absolutely yeah and then the other one is uh, sambucus nigra which is elderberry mm-hmm Right, which is, by the way, in, uh, it, a lot of uh, research comes out of Israel looking at uh, the benefits of elderberry as an antiviral for the flu. Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. I'm familiar, familiar with the people who developed it. They're they're very. Uh, it's a lovely product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that combination of ingredients, uh, uh, you know, has multiple uh, effects. Uh, I was also uh, wanted to ask you about uh, another. Uh, potential treatment for mouth bacteria and and biofilms, uh, which is uh, xylitol. Xylitol is in the literature, and actually one of our sponsors uh, makes a, a series of dental products, spry dental defense products, which could be used synergistically with yours. I, I'm pretty sure they don't incorporate some of your uh, the innovations that you have in Periactive, but is, is xylitol a plausible treatment to suppress mouth bacteria and attack bio, biofilms from your research? To a certain extent, yes. The way xylitol works is xylitol is a stimulant for our saliva. And in, so the xylitol itself is not an active component, but it's by stimulating an increase in saliva, it helps hmm. lubricate the teeth. It helps inside the saliva. There are a lot of antibacterial and natural, natural meaning part of your human natural normal body, a lot of antibacterial components. So by taking xylitol uh, and leaving it in your mouth for a period of time, because it has to stay there a little bit, you can't just eat xylitol and expect it to have an effect. It has to be in your mouth. And so it's good to put into sucking candies or and rinses gums, or sprays yeah. or mouthwashes, yeah, mm-hmm. the gums exactly. Yeah, and it will re- it will reduce the bacterial population. It's it's not quite as strong as the rinses, but it will it definitely has an effect. And I although we've never tested it, I based on the mechanism of action, it would have a positive uh, or and synergistic effect with periactive. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say parenthetically, you know, when we went over, you know, risk factors for uh, periodontal disease, you know, we, we forgot to include the elephants in the room, uh, smoking and alcohol. You know, they certainly do contribute to the incidence <laughs> of, right? Yeah, so really, when you Terrible. see patients. Yes. And unfortunately, from what I recall from my experience uh, uh, in Israel when I was a teenager, um that's actually where I took up smoking. 
<laughs> because smoking is pretty pervasive in that country. Yeah. So it is. Uh, yes. It is. So you you urge you know, um, and and it took me a couple of years to overcome that uh, addiction. Um, so yeah, alcohol too uh, has a uh, an adverse effect on on the mouth. Uh, and there are many people with with dry mouth conditions, people with autoimmune diseases like, uh, you know, Sjogren's syndrome uh, and uh, people who've had uh, various types of uh, cancer treatment that have uh, affected their salivary glands. Older people in general, they just may not make enough saliva. And a lot of drugs, particularly some of the psychoactive drugs, yes. have a tremendous mouth. decrease in saliva production. Right. Exactly. Yes. Right. And some of the cardiac drugs also. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you a question which comes up uh, among many of my patients uh, who have osteopenia or osteoporosis and they're put on these medications, the bisphosphonate medications uh, and lately prolia. And these have been associated with uh, uh, problems when people experience uh, uh, periodontal disease and, and uh, tooth problems, right? So it's very interesting. There, there are actually um, two major problems associated with the bisphosphonates. One, and that, just, is just to, just to mention, it's Actinol, uh, Boniva, uh, and Fosamax. Those are the chief ones. And then there's the right. uh, yeah. the, the IV one, which is um, uh, the Prolia. So actually, I'm a, I'm I'm a rel well, I would call it a relative fan of the Prolia because of the. Uh, and I'll explain to you why. Okay. The 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 bisphosphonates are a drug that gets into your bone and stops the bone from uh, get, having what's called resorption or a reduction of the calcium layers in the bone. So it keeps your bone stiffer and stronger, but also less vital. And what happens is uh, in the mouth, we have a reaction which is contraintuitive in a sense because in the rest of your body it's thickening your bones but in mm -hmm. the mouth it can cause what's called a, a disease called merange which is um, an acronym for uh, medical me medicine related osteonecrosis of the jaws which to translate very simply it's medications that have caused cysts developing in the jawbone spontaneous cysts which cause a loss of bone which is, that's why I say it's counterintuitive because you're seeing bone destruction right. as opposed to bone building. So that's one problem that you have. That's about 1% to 4% of the population taking bisphosphonates will develop. So it's relatively rare, but it is present. But excuse me, is, is it more common in people who have pre-existing uh, gum disease or have uh, dental implants? No, not merange. Not, okay. not merange. Merange okay. is not related to periodontal disease, but okay. it is related to... Um, to the fact that it also causes a lack of functionality in the bone. As I said earlier, it's less vital. So the bone, in order for it to heal, has to be removed, the, the dead bone, and replaced with live bone. And the bisphosphonates affect the capacity of the mm -hmm. cells that replace the live bone, the osteoblasts, and they also impact the ability of the osteoclasts, which are the bones, the cells that remove the, the non-functioning or dead bone, from uh, and so that uh, delicate biologic system is right. impacted tremendously. So, so by it's, the it's called remodeling. It's the constant buildup and removal yeah. of Correct. excess bone. You know, which is sort of a yin and yang of of bone uh, optimization, right? So the remodeling is impacted, and if the remodeling isn't happening, then problems can occur in other parts of the body. And and so let's say you need to do do some treatment on and. and 
on the gums or the bone or the or even the tooth, let's say, in extraction, the healing will be uh, very non-predictable, and you could cause an tr- tremendous amounts of uh, bone destruction as a res- because the healing ca- uh, capabilities of that area have been so reduced. Okay, so, so the reason so, we like so in what, our office so, and we encourage Prolia, yeah. yeah. I, I just going to say, so somebody who uh, is on one of these drugs, and there's this so pervasive, especially in the U.S. and probably also in Israel, because you know Israel is very, you know, uh, uh, you know is, is a country where medicines uh, are as uh, popular as they are in the United States and ubiquitous. Um, there's many women on these medications, so let's say they're uh, in line for a dental implant. You know, they they this is you know what you specialize in do you tell them to go off the drug or do you tell them that they're not suitable for an implant or you know what what's the procedure so the the protocol for standard bisphosphonates is a six-month uh stoppage of the drug okay in reality that doesn't have an impact in other words doctors need a solution but in reality once you've taken a bisphosphonate it's in your system and in that uh-huh. area forever. I see. It's very hard to get rid of. Hmm. So drug holidays help very slightly, but we it's the best we can do. There are certain drugs which don't stay in the system. That's why I like Prolia. Prolia okay. lasts for six months. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stay. Okay. So I get a chance to w- do necessary work at the four-and-a-half-month date to the six-and-a-half-month date. So I get it's what we would call a drug holiday and they, where they, 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 at four and a half months after their six months, every six month injection, we will be able to do work on that patient. And then we'll take a break again at the six and a half months and get back on the prolia because mm-hmm. you can't stay off it for too long. Okay. Well, that, <laughs> this me, is, so, no, that, that's great. Yeah. That's a very nuanced discussion of, of this complicated issue because it is a concern. Uh, and the fact that certain medications make patients less, uh, amenable to sometimes necessary dental procedures, uh, you know, I think that's a, kind of a red flag. Yeah. And it's not stressed enough. In other words, my patients will come in and say, look, our doctor recommended uh, that I get on osteoporotic medicines. I said, please speak to him, number one, and say, is it absolutely necessary or are you just in you know, a mild case and maybe right. we can watch and wait and change this with diet? Um, let's say I do get a, a positive response from the patients who want to think about it. Doctors are a little less open-minded sometimes. <laughs> but, and um, and then the second thing is, I said, and if your doctor is going to use that, let's please look at some of the more uh, up-to-date drugs as opposed to some of the old, early developed bisphosphonates, which can cause long-term problems. Are, are you a proponent of flossing? Because uh, definitely we didn't touch on that, but yeah, you know, brushing is only part of the problem, part of the solution because you can only brush the teeth that face the cheek and and the tongue or the palate. But what about the sides of the teeth? So you need to use some type of interdental or something for the sides of the teeth as well. So we use their special um, picks that go in between your, not necessarily toothpicks, soft rubber picks, mm-hmm. which can go in between your teeth, uh, and floss, which is really effective. Yeah. It's very I important actually prefer, to do that. I prefer those, those soft rubber picks to uh, to the flossing. Somehow I never, I never really... Uh, flossing is hard. Flossing it's habit. mechanically hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they're not quite as good, but they're, 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 they're good enough. But and they're acceptable. It's, and people will use them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And when it comes to uh, toothpaste, uh, you know, people have a wide range of, of choices. Uh, you know, is there a type of toothpaste that's preferable? Some people, you know, suggest that you just brush your teeth with baking soda or something, you know, that's kind of neutral. So, yeah, so the baking soda is a an, an, uh, concept that was very popular about 20 years ago. Um, it's a mild antiseptic. It's a slightly abrasive, so I don't really like my patients to yeah. use it unless there's a specific reason. Uh, because you can wear out the neck of the tooth and cause real damage with a uh, baking soda. But I do recommend uh, fluoride toothpaste because it depends on the case. Some patients have a high caries rate, and if they're not being managed well enough, uh, then they'll develop uh, dental problems with the, you know, with uh, cavities. So, you, you know, the, the overfluoridation is not good, but uh, some of it can be very protective. So, um, that's how we manage it. You know, I do, I do recommend, depending on the case, whether it's a more of an antiseptic approach or more of a, uh, caries protection approach, depending on what the, what the patient would need. Okay. Well, great stuff. And, you know, we've had a really comprehensive discussion of, uh, oral health. Uh, and the take home is that, uh, for those, uh, of you who are in the majority, um, and even if you want to prevent yourself from becoming, uh, one of the majority of people with uh, periodontal disease. Uh, there's a great natural solution. It's periactive. You can find it at the website getperiactive.com. And um, uh, this is, I think, the product of uh, some really uh, innovative research by today's guest, Dr. William Levine. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. And all the best to you uh, as you continue your practice at the Jerusalem Perio Center. And all the best to uh, you, your family, and your countrymen. Stay safe and uh, hope for uh, a successful outcome uh, of the crisis. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations.